gentlemen, welcome back to Radio Radar! YouTuber <laughs> voice, YouTuber voice. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's your boy. No! No YouTuber voice, none of that. We're not influencers, except that we are. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back <laughs> to Radio Radar, the wonderful podcast from Games Radar Plus. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello, Senior Social Editor at Games Radar, and I am joined by Executive Editor Susan Arndt. What? What? Oh, God. I don't, how, do, how do you even YouTube? How to YouTube voice? What's up, Internet? What's up, guys? Hey, I'm just, you know, I was thinking, I don't know. Susan, now do, now do unboxing. Anybody? Do unboxing voice. So, I don't, I don't know what I'm, see, here's, here's my thing. <laughs> Can't do it? No, like... I ha- we had a rule, uh, ev- basically everywhere I've ever worked, you are not allowed to start a video with what's up, guys. Yeah, never. <laughs> you're, not allowed, you're not allowed to start a video that way. You're not allowed to start a podcast that way. You just can't. Just Law. stop it. Find something else to say. There are so many words that you can use. Stop saying what's up, guys. Uh, Lasers and brimstone, everyone. It's the podcast. Hi. Those are the words. That, that gentleman who does not sound like a guy... Who is What's doing- up, everybody? It's <laughs> oh David <God>. Roberts. <laughs> Look, you okay. have to you have to have the you have to ha- elongate the first yeah. part of the what's. what's That's up? what's up, everybody. Okay, no, 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 no. Here's here's something I need for the audience to understand right now. There are certain things that set me off. Mm. Anthony and Dave make a a career <laughs> out <laughs> of bringing these things up. As much as they possibly can, because I'm convinced they, they watched Scanners at an early age, and they're just trying to make my head explode. Well, that's why we're talking about Ali Ali on the show today. I didn't say exactly. <laughs> I'm like I'm like counting down in my head. I'm like, there's going to be an Ali Ali. Ali Ali reference in oh. three, two, so one. So, Susan, have you heard the plot of Metal Gear Solid? Because I can, do, I can, we can do that. <laughs> okay. In fairness. That was just, I okay. So when Metal Gear Five came out, Dave wrote he, what seven articles about it? Seven, I, I like twenty one. I, I, I had to have written like a novel's length. Yeah, you wrote thousands stuff. and thousands of words about Metal Gear, and I I have not played any Metal Gears because I still I suck at stealth. They're just not my thing. So I I did not know really anything about the franchise except basically surface stuff. And then so he did a the story to date feature and i'm reading it and i'm like you're you're joking this i'm being punked no i'm i'm not like i i'm just saying things that happened I, like, I, I can't, and there's clones and then there's a, a hand and then everybody's named snake for some reason but yep this guy is actually his debt wait what and then big boss uh, you know and then and then there's the kingdom hearts one mm-hmm. yeah so <laughs> <laughs> that, so yeah, I, so I got my daughter to like she she just finished the first one yesterday, and we're like, yay! And I'm oh, thinking, you guys like, finished it? Yeah, we finished it. Uh, we that finished was fast together. work. Uh, and and now I'm like, okay, so do we play Rechain of Memories? Because I never played that one. Mm-mm. And it's I was not like, good. okay, well, do we? No, it's not. It's not great, but like. Within five minutes of starting that game up, like okay, so no, this entire series has just gone down a rabbit hole, and it's it's. <laughs> This is it. This is uh, my daughter is gonna be the kid at school with uh, the cat ear hat, 
And, uh, yeah, she's just going to be talking about anime now for the rest of her life, and I did this to her. It's all my fault. So that, that guy whose voice you hear making the wonderful parenting choices, everybody, is Staff Robert. Uh, Staff, Staff Robert. Robert. Staff Roberts. Staff Roberts. David Roberts. Roberts. It's, Staff, it's the Staff Roberts. It's, the it's, Staff Game Ra- <laughs> it's Games Radar's own Staff Roberts. Uh, like, Staff that's, Writer, that's David you, Roberts. That's how you differentiate me from Staff Houghton. Yes. Staff Houghton, uh, yeah. Staff Prowl. Uh, uh, Dave, you also are the guy who believes deep in his heart that Konami is remaking Metal Gear Solid 3. Okay, I don't Fox believe Engine. deep in my heart. You, but I, I look at this Panchico machine. They just released another trailer today. By the way, like I realize this is blasphemy. But I, wa- I want it. I want it. I want it in my life. It I looks so stupid, and see, I love it. Okay, here's, here's my thing. It's not blasphemy to think this thing is cool and want it because you yes. are a big fan of Metal Gear. You love it, and it's also looking like really sweet. It would be yeah. blasphemy to say, like Metal Gear Six Pachinko would be better to a proper right. Metal Gear 6. Sure. That's yeah, like if, if if Kojima was still there and this came out, like nobody would give a shit. You know, like nobody would care. Right. Um, I, <laughs> I find but it the cutscenes. Yeah. The cut, looks the quality. so good. It, it's pretty. It's swank. like it's blowing my mind. Like I'm watching this, and I'm just like, oh my god! Like Snake Eater and Fox Engine looks amazing. They can't just be doing this for a pachinko machine, right? Like they have to be making a remake of Snake Eater. Bridget, right? like but this no. has to be happening. Bridget, That's the right? surprise. The surprise no. is that all pachinko machines are swanking. Bridget, like yeah. pachinko machines are really nice. Whether they're showing you. Live action footage from the film Titanic, or if they're you know remaking scenes from Castlevania Rondo of Blood in Konami's Castlevania Pachinko Machine, Castlevania Erotic Violence is better looking than any actual 3D Castlevania yes, game that was 100%. ever made. Um, and it's just it. Oh man, it blows my mind. Like man, Konami is such a weird company. Right now, I mean, I, I guess they've always been weird, but I don't know. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't see it like I I don't know. I, I I haven't really been on this whole like hashtag f Konami bandwagon um, just because like I mean like whatever they're a business they're making the decisions that make sense for them whatever. Uh, so I look at this and I just go, you know what? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's cool. No, no, it is no cool for me. It's cool. Like, I mean, it's it's not something that any of us will ever have a chance to play. No. And that's fine. Like, it's fine that it exists, and it's fine that... Like, it's fine when a company that used to put out something you enjoy moves on to putting out other things. Yeah. Like, it's a bummer that you don't get to have the old things anymore. Right. But maybe, maybe the new thing will be awesome. Everybody... There's always been this, this tug back and forth... Between the people, like, namely investors, who are like, Nintendo needs to be making the mobile games. We need the Mario on the App Store tomorrow. And people saying, like, absolutely not. Mobile games suck, and I don't want anything to do with it, and Nintendo shouldn't make mobile games. And then the past week happened. (laughs) Let let me sum up the past week this way. My mom knows what Pokemon Go is. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she that's could, and could like actually explain it to me. Right, 
That's like and and like it's it's Susan's mom. It's everybody's mom. Yeah, everybody's mom. mom knows. I, so I, we were actually talking about this on the stream this week. But I watch a fair amount of late night talk shows. I, I regularly watch Stephen Colbert and Conan O'Brien's shows. Every single night this this past week, it's Pokemon Go jokes. It's Pokemon Go jokes. And the weird thing is, is that, like, Susan, you say, like, my mom knows what Pokemon Go is. But everybody sort of talks about Pokemon Go as, like, a substantiation of something new. And it's fascinating to see the exact same Pokemon mania that happened in, like, 1999 happening again this summer. Well, I... Yep. I let's, let's back up a step, though. I don't believe that it is the same. Because mm. the original Pokemon phenomenon was kids. Right? Like, it was, it was kids of a wide swath of ages, but it was kids. And sure. if adults knew about it, they knew about it because of their kids. Because their kids were obsessed with Pokemon, they wanted the cards, they wanted the games, they wanted the t-shirts, whatever. And that's why adults were aware of it. This, I, I tie this more to Tetris or, or World of Warcraft. Yeah. That kind yeah. of lightning in a bottle, singularity, lots of different things coming together at exactly the right time and exactly the right way to become this sort of omnipresent thing that everyone knows about and is obsessed with. And it's like a perfect blend of the right technology paired with the right game at exactly Exactly. The right time. Well, because like the the interesting thing is that there's I forget what it's called, but like Bridget. Nintendo tried to make a Pokemon AR game already. For the, for the well, they, like, for the 3DS, wasn't it? Uh, there's a Pokemon like app for the 3DS, but it's it's not it's not nearly this robust. It's like it's like all of the AR apps for the 3DS when yeah. it first came out, where it's basically just like you point it at something and right. then you see the little character dancing around on screen. Yeah, it was they called it. Uh, Pokemon uh, Dream Radar. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. years before that. For the PSP, there was Invisimals. There's Invisimals. Yep. Which is yeah. the exact same thing, the exact same idea, but with, with monsters you don't care about. With <laughs> Digimon ripoffs. And, and, yeah. and none of the, like, really, really robust internet functionality. No. Oh, no, Connecting of everybody. No, no, I no, saw Sony yeah. trying to pull that fast one, oh, being like, Invisimals was doing it for years, being like, yes, the ten Japanese children who were playing ad hoc on their PSPs yeah. back in 2007. <laughs> when they were playing Monster Hunter. They were all, they were all into that, who sure. Had, who not only had a, a PSP, but were also willing to spring for the camera. Right. Because you needed that. <laughs> Which was super, super stable. Oh, and totally. really, like, it, it, it's not like it broke as soon as you tried to no. attach it to a PSP. The funny thing is, I remember I, I got sent a review copy of that. This is years ago. Mm. And I remember saying at the time, if they did this with Pokemon, it would make a million dollars. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, if they did that with Pokemon, it would make a million dollars a day. A day. Every yep. day. Yeah. So, yep. and, both and, of you... <laughs> Both of you have been playing Pokemon Go yes. this past week. Yes. I have not been playing Pokemon Go because when I try to install it on my iPhone 5, 
my iPhone 5 makes this, like, really sad old man noise. <laughs> like, I tried to install it and activate the app, and my iPhone just went, no, no. <laughs> so I have not been playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> and, uh, Susan, you have sort of been, like, my Pokemon Go, you know, guide. Yes. Because you have been in a place that is not as robust for the game as yes. many people on the staff and you've you're very astute in your observations about tutorials which i know that there is one in pokemon go but apparently yes. it's a little only um, technically only it's technically <laughs> there's only yeah, technically it technically tells you how to play well that's about it <laughs> yeah it, well well it technically no here's here's the the sum total of what pokemon Go tells you. It tells you the basic concept, which is you're a trainer, there are Pokemon out in the world, go catch them. That's it. Like how to battle, what gyms are, what Pokestops are, how to what use it. CP none of that. Means. Nothing. What CP means. None of it. Uh-uh. No. Nada. It, it's like, whatever. Uh, it's, it's tutorial. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, so I had to learn it uh some by doing some just by asking people but i could absolutely understand someone who doesn't play video games a lot mm. like who maybe played pokemon when they were a kid but now they're a grown-up who wants to get into it playing with it for 10 minutes and not understanding what's going on and deleting it because it's mm. it's pretty obtuse and given how flighty the servers have been they're better now but especially when when uh, it first started. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh my god. Uh, you wouldn't know that it wasn't working properly because you don't know what it was supposed to be doing. Hmm. Right. So I actually, you know, I had said to you earlier, right, right after it came out, I, I said, "Is this a case?" Because I know that Satoru Iwata was actually, you know, sort of doing some overseeing with Niantic about Pokemon Go just before he passed away. He was sort of. Uh, had a little bit of oversight on the project. And I know that Satoru Iwata has always had a penchant for games that don't tell you everything. I know that, you know, we, we talked about Animal Crossing mm, as mm -hmm. being a game that tells you very, very limited things and tells you those limited things in a very oblique way when you start playing. Like, it doesn't explicitly say, like, all right, Go, you can raise money for these things and improve your house. Like, it'll just be like, hey, everybody, there's a fireworks festival on that, Saturday. No, 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 Yeah, no, this no, is a little no, no, different. No, no. no that, okay, first of all, what happens is when you first start playing Animal Crossing, you have to, you specifically are given the direction to go introduce yourself to everyone in town. Mm. And everyone in town asks you to do different things for them. And sure. that's what introduces you to the mechanics of the game. Stuff like shaking trees to, for stuff to fall out of them. Uh, the fact that you can swap out your clothes. It introduces you to uh, the, the police station and the museum and retail and all that stuff. So it introduces you to the stuff that's in town. The, the Animal Crossing teaches you the basics, right? Mm. And then you discover secrets like growing special fruit or if you cut down a tree and the stump has a star in it you can grow special mushrooms there or how to grow the blue blue flowers and and all that like that's the super super secret stuff that the game you can play the game and have no clue it's in there 
Uh, Destiny is another good example. Destiny teaches you how to how to shoot, how to jump, yeah, how to ride a sparrow, but it doesn't teach you, you know, how to do the sleeper simulant quest. Right. It doesn't. It, yeah. Dest- Destiny is fascinating because it packs all of this super dense information into places that are going to force you to talk to other people. Right. And I love that intent. I love that it's like, you want to know what the court of Oryx is? Well, screw you. Go make some friends. Right. Uh, and I, at first I had the sense like, oh, well, that's what Pokemon Go is doing. <laughs> no. And apparently, like, no, Pokemon Go is just kind of broken. It's just kind of shitty. And it's what like a happy yeah. accident that people are going yes. out and helping each other yes. out. Yeah, the, like the, the analogy, I guess, would be like, Pokemon Go is like if Destiny said, okay, you can press R2 to shoot, but then doesn't tell you what shooting does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no! That sounds terrible! It's, it's, oh, God, yeah. So why are you still playing? Like, this doesn't sound fun. I, okay, for, for me, uh, something, uh, well, first of all, I really love the animals of, of Pokemon. Mm. I adore Adore them. I yeah, like the keychain. Yeah, like, the keychain, the bag of trash. No, I mean like Psyduck. I yeah. unabashedly adore Psyduck and Jigglypuff mm. and and uh, uh, Bulbasaur. I love them. I think they're so so cute. So if like when I see a Psyduck in my neighborhood, I am genuinely excited. <laughs> like yeah, I'm gonna get a Psyduck. Psyduck. So that's that's what it is. For me. Also, uh, my husband is uh, out of town on a business trip. He's been gone for two weeks. He's also playing. But he's collecting completely different Pokemon from me hmm. because of where he is. So, like, he, he'll he send me a picture of, like, this is the Pokemon that I caught today. And I'm like, oh, but this is the one I caught today. And that's and that's cool. It's it's a thing that we're both doing. And we get to say, hey, look at what I got. It, it's, it's kind of cooperative. But not, you know what I mean. Um, so that I, that's that's why I dig it, and I'm also just a very big fan of anything that motivates you to get up and move around. Mm. Mm. Uh, there are you can find eggs in the game, and you hatch them by walking. It's monitored by your GPS. So you'll have to walk different distances to hatch different eggs. Like a a two kilometer egg is probably just going to be something kind of crappy, like a pidgey, but a Five kilometer. Egg. I got a meowth out of a five kilometer egg. A ten kilometer egg might be a chancy, or a something evolved or, or more rare. Uh, a Charmander or a Bulbasaur, a Pikachu, something like that. But you actually have to walk because it's measuring by GPS and speed. So you can't like go drive it unless you're driving really slow. Hmm. And Dave, I, I think that's great. Dave, are you having the same issues that Susan is having in terms of being in a less urban environment and not having as great access to all of the things that you can do in Pokemon Go as a result? Yeah, like, it's a little weird. Uh, Where I live, I live in in a suburban area about 30 minutes north of Seattle. And where I live, there's, like, the closest Pokestop is, like half a mile away from where I am. Yeah, and me then, too. Like, like, yep. yeah, yeah, it's sad. Like, if you look around the map area, it's just, no, there's nothing. Hmm. There's nothing there. Um, whereas, like, if you go to, like, I would go to, uh, like, uh, 
there's a there's a there's a lake like Green Lake. We we went there and there's just you know Pokemon and Pokestops everywhere because there are a bunch of little like uh, different signs and benches and art fixtures and stuff there. And we even went to the pier uh, over here in this town that I'm in, and there were a bunch around there too. Yeah. So it's like like they're around. It's just you you have to really go out of your way to get there. That's so, that's the but, thing. Like if you're in the suburbs, you're surrounded by residential areas. Yeah, there aren't there there aren't Pokestops in residential areas, so you're going to have to go to, you know, the shopping center although, or the mall, or and and even there, it's going to be like one. Hmm. Yeah, although like it's it's weird what it determines as a Pokestop because uh, near my in-laws' house there is one in the residential area, but it's like someone's mailbox that was what? fancy. That's so yeah. weird. Oh wow. Yeah, like I, I've seen stuff on Twitter, like so, like it was just some quote-unquote cool graffiti and it was a pokestop it's That's weird bizarre. like it's really weird what it determines uh our pokestops and gyms and stuff but uh yeah it's 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 definitely strange um and then like i see people on twitter like friends who live in la and stuff and it, oh, it's just it's lit it's oh, just man. like oh look everyone's hanging Bridget. out having a good time there's like 20 pokestops where i live it's like uh, you it's interesting to see that people are actually advertising that stuff on like rental yeah. descriptions. It's it's honestly the only thing that's ever made me envious of people who live in cities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because like for for me, the my my closest poke stop is is the uh, entrance to the housing development where I live because it's a big fancy gate. Mm-hmm. That's a half mile from my house. The nearest gym I would I have to drive to. Oh wow! There's there's just no question. I have to drive to it. Damn. Uh, so yeah, I mean, and I see people who are like, there are three poke stops on the corner. Yeah. And w- they all have lures in them, and there's a gym right next to it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I I ain't getting that where I live. <laughs> yeah, you can't. I it, even though I am not playing Pokemon Go, I am playing Pokemon Go because you can't go outside in New York. <laughs> without right. running into ro- it's literally like the lamest sequel to the warriors of all time what? What? <laughs> like you'll walk down a block and then you'll run into a huge group of people and like ha- like there's like a cluster of five they're all wearing adventure time t-shirts and then there's the other five who are all wearing like <laughs> I want to I, I want to reach out to these teenagers playing Pokemon Go and be like guys it's 95 degrees out. Nobody's going to think you're less cool if you're not wearing long sleeves. Like, you don't Oh, my God. Why have, are they wearing long sleeves? I, I don't... Like, it's like you need to have the layered fashion. Like, you've got to have the long-sleeved striped shirt no. under the black T-shirt. No, it's July. No. It's July, <laughs> and it is literally hot as freaking Bayou Billy looked. Okay. It's, it's awful. All right, I just... Uh, Okay, so I did, I walked to the Pokestop the other day. It is 1.2 miles there and back. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I was literally dripping. My clothes were completely soaked through by the time I got back. And I'm wearing shorts and a t-shirt. So people dress appropriately. Yeah, please. <laughs> keep, keep yourself safe. Bring, bring water. Don't walk into traffic. Don't yeah. walk. God, don't. Oh, my God. So I'm, pl- so I'm on that walk to the Pokestop. Now, I am a grown-ass, responsible woman. I own my own home, <laughs> right? I, I'm walking, 
And I'm crossing (laughs) crossing the street. And I don't even know what it was. It might have been like a rattata. I, it was. It was not. It was not cool. It, it wasn't even worth the it effort. It wasn't even worth it. And I'm going to catch it, and I realize, belatedly, I'm like, I am standing in the middle of the intersection. Yeah. <laughs> now this is in you know in a in a neighborhood at one in the afternoon, so I I wasn't in any danger. But I'm like, I am that asshole. I am the one walking into traffic to catch a goddamn Pokemon. <laughs> and then I stood there and caught him, and then I went on my way. There's a Weedle. I gotta get it. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, Susan, the 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 group that I am actually specifically referring to in my story was yesterday I was out running. And there is a wonderful park in my neighborhood in Queens, Astoria Park. It's just like this perfect little plot of green land in the middle of Queens with an enormous bridge that goes over it for a railway. Mm. And at the base of it is one of the most sort of populated parts of the bike and, like, exercise paths that go around the entire park. It's about a mile and a half to go all around it. Mm. And under this bridge, there is, like, this this huge 9-11 mural, and it's, it's just this very sort of picturesque spot. I literally had to stop running oh God. to get through the path because that... Spot under the bridge is a poke stop. Oh dear! Oh god! And it was so dense with people. Like there, there were a good forty-five people. Oh my god! All just all, standing there. All just standing there. <laughs> so this is this is our Skynet, right? Like, this, is this is our is Skynet. What brings down our societal infrastructure as we know it? It's not like robots. It's Pokemon. No, it's actually okay. This is there's there's, there's <laughs> so there's an episode of Doctor Who. About actually, there's uh, oh, it's Kingsman. It's Kingsman for some for a reference that uh, people more are more likely to get. Susan, Remember that's how- too topical. I haven't seen that okay. movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, Kingsman's too recent. It's go with Star Trek: The Next Generation and those funny glasses. <laughs> like the guy gives out free internet to the world. Like here, take take this phone, and it'll give you free internet forever. And that's what he uses to try and kill everybody. Oh, That's what yeah. this is. Okay, so the big question is that's that's how it feels right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's insane to me that, that Pokemon Go in reality is only about... When people are listening to this, it'll be about 10 days. Yeah. Total. And in that amount of time, like, it feels already like this is an institution. Like, this is, this is how it felt when Minecraft really, really hit yeah. in about 2010. Yeah. But a lot of things feel like that these days. And I'm, I, I am curious to see if this is going to stick around. I, I believe that will depend on two things. One, them adding features like trading, which they have already said they're going to do. Because mm-hmm. once people have caught either all the Pokemon or at least the majority of the Pokemon or they leveled them up and done all that which they're already hitting that, they're out of stuff to do. Right. So exactly. add add more features, add, you know, being able to trade with each other, being able to battle your friends, that will help a great deal. And then they start releasing new waves of Pokemon. Yeah. They do those two things, they're good for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, it's unfair to compare them because Mitomo wasn't as much of a game it, as 
Pokemon Go is. But that week that Mitomo came out, for about five days, Mitomo felt like, well, this is it. Nintendo's mobile strategy is going to be fine. It's, it's, it, everybody's in. And everybody was out, and it feels like Mitomo happened a billion years ago. Because it, it, you know, yeah, they update it. Yeah, they add clothing. And I, I know that they just did a Splatoon tie-in around E3 to, like, you know, your me, your me Tomo character can have Splatoon clothes. But ev- nobody cares anymore. Nope. Well, the, the, the problem with Mitomo is that it's, it's all reactive. There's no way to mm. interact with people. It's all, right. hey, here's a dumb mm. question about something. Answer it. And then, you oh, what did my friend say? But it's like, who cares, right? Yeah. There's no way to post anything to it. There's no way to interact with your friends outside of that. So, whereas this is very much, like, it's all about that social aspect of, like, going out, mm. like, actually being around other people and catching Pokemon and that stuff. And, like, it, it just, it hit this amazing convergence between, like, actual game and, like, an actual socially interactive thing to do. Um, and I wonder if maybe, whereas, like, Mitomo was a bit too restrictive, that, like, their Animal Crossing mobile title will fix a lot of the the problems that Mitomo had, where it's, you know, it's more like, oh, you know, here's a little character, you can customize them, you can buy stuff, you can go to your friends' towns, your friends can come to your town, you can do stuff. Um, I wonder if that is going to end up doing better because of that. But yeah, Mitomo was like, it was an interesting... Um, I ended up sticking with it a little bit longer because I wanted to get that WarioWare touched 3DS game. Yeah, <laughs> through, uh, the, through the whatever Club Nintendo is called. Yeah, through, through it's which is somehow worse than than the old Club Nintendo. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so bad. Um, but yeah, like everyone that I know has has like Mitomo is just oh no, deleted. Well, that was the Done. thing. I mean, it it nobody wants to answer the questions. Seriously, like, you know, what's your greatest aspiration? And it's always stupid answers. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the questions didn't update frequently enough. So it's like, oh, nope. I'm getting this again. Sure. And there wasn't... So to to, to earn coins to get uh, new clothes or to earn tickets to play the minigame, which was not fun, you had to do stuff that was not fun. So yeah. whereas in Pokemon... Even if you don't spend any money, you can still... It's, it's an immediate reward. You go find Pokemon, you catch Pokemon, now you have a Pokemon. Hooray! The buy- and, every, and everybody can see your Pokemon in a very easy way. Exactly. exactly. You, can take, you can take a screen cap on your phone, send it to everybody, yep. and it's just automatically in everybody's face. Right, and there's the, these, there's the understood... Pokemon hierarchy. Like, nobody gives a shit if you've got a Rattata, but if you've got a Jolteon, people are like, damn, you got a Jolteon. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> that, so it's... it's it, People are saying, are overlooking that Pokemon has been laying this foundation for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Right? It's... <laughs> even if you've never played the games, you understand the basic concept of catching Pokemon, and you recognize them. Mm. You might not know their, you know, their types or or what beats what, but you know, oh, that's a Pokemon character. 
Like, this with, say, I don't know, Digimon or something, I don't think would be nearly, nearly yeah. as omnipresent and widespread. Well, Dave, Dave mentioned the fact that Nintendo has those Animal Crossing, they have Animal Crossing this fall yep. for iPhone and Android, and also Fire Emblem. And, I, I, you know, obviously both of those games are not going to be made by the same team that made Pokemon Go. It's not going to be, you know, Niantic making these things, so God only knows what shape mm. they're going to take. Yeah. But, it, you know, if Nintendo has modeled these other games around, all right, well, we want something that is Pokemon Go-esque for all of our characters, where it's shareable, where it's taking these familiar icons, like what you're saying, Susan, with, you know, everybody freaking knows what Bulbasaur looks like. Everybody knows Charizard. So we're going to take Tom Nook and design a game around how you can interact with these characters in a sort of real-world way and immediately share it, that's going to be freaking huge. Huge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I find it really funny that people have been champing at the bit for Nintendo to make mobile games for, you know, five years now. And the shape that their mobile strategy is taking has nothing to do with Mario. It has nothing to do with Link. It's it's Animal Crossing and Pokemon and Fire Emblem is a weird one, but I can see it in my head of being like, oh well, I I've went to this place in my neighborhood, and because of that, I leveled up my archer, who is I'm trying to build up a relationship with my friend's you know Pegasus, and because you're friends with them, then. Like in Fire Emblem Awakening, where you can have, like, your characters make children. Oh, you guys are playing Fire Emblem Go, and now you're friends, and now you've leveled these two characters, and now you have a new character for you both to share. That would be... That would light the world on fire. Well, and the, the controls of, the, of a Fire Emblem are more suited to a mobile device than, like, a Mario. Like, you wouldn't want to play a side-scrolling Mario on a phone without buttons because it's not right, fun. Right, right. Totally. And, uh, yeah, whereas, like, Fire Emblem is, like, it's like Final Fantasy Tactics. It's you, you tap the character, you tap the spot they want to go, and they go there. Like, that's it. That's easy. It, it, it transfers well. And so right when those games are coming out, Nintendo is also going to have their fancy little object to satisfy the people who just want the old-school Mario and Link with two little buttons and a D-pad. There is the, the NES Mini. Which, did did anybody in their lives expect this to happen? Nope. This summer? Nope, not nope. in a million years. Where the hell did this thing come... Okay, I, I, I ask you two. Do you think that Nintendo was going to reveal this later in the year, probably at the end of the summer when they always have a Nintendo Direct, but all the eyes were on them because of Pokemon Go, and they're just like, announce it now. Announce it right now while everybody is looking at us, and this is going to be huge. Uh, I think if if I'm putting taking my step back and saying, given the increase in their stock price yeah. after Pokemon Go, I think that's exactly why they did that. They wanted to bump that up even more. Because okay. they, they, they want to make some cash. They want to put some cash in the bank. And, and it's not it's not like they weren't already making cash. Oh, like sure, Nintendo, of course. Nintendo yeah. was in a, in a more stable place now 
than they were even just three years ago. It's that hot amiibo money. But, but like, people, there's still that perspective that was going around in the world, like, oh my god, well, they haven't announced the NX, and, well, and you know, Nintendo Nintendo's been doomed since, like, for 20 years. Oh, yeah, you know? no, Nintendo's doomed. Didn't you hear? What? The N64 just came out last fall, and uh, Nintendo's yeah. doomed. Well, okay, let's, let's, let's be accurate. Nintendo always makes bank. Always. always. They, are, they always make money. It's so it's variations on. This is like when saying like you know World of Warcraft drops three million subscribers. Yeah, right. okay, they still got seven million after that, so they're doing just right. fine. Right. So it's it's that kind of variance. So they they have had some lean for Nintendo years sure. recently, sure. Um, and this is going to solve that problem rather handily. Yeah. And so if any if anybody doesn't know what the Nintendo the NES Mini is that we're talking about, this is going to be an NES that you it is it looks exactly like the NES from 1986. It has the exact same controller, but it doesn't open. You don't put any games into it. You don't download games onto it. It has 30 NES games pre-installed, and the controller is it's an NES controller, but what it connects to in the machine is the same port that is on the base of a Wii remote. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and, interesting. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so the this new NES controller is compatible with Wii remotes, and you can use it for Wii U Virtual Console or even a Wii if you still are using a Wii. Uh, and it's all it's all sixty bucks, right? And it's also yeah, it's bucks. about the same size as a three DS XL. Mm-hmm. It is yeah. tiny, super tiny, yeah, super so, tiny, very small. So I like I've been seeing a lot of um, like a lot of people are really into the idea. A lot of people are like, oh, it's you know, it's like, I just want a really cute looking mini Nintendo on my shelf that also happens to play Nintendo games. Like that's cool. But I've been seeing a lot of people kind of bummed out that like it's not it doesn't hook up to the internet that it's basically just like one of those atari flashback machines you get at like a walgreens or you know a walmart or something in the toy aisle and that it, do- it you won't be able to download more games on it and it's like well you know or like why is nintendo making me buy these games again it's like okay well one nobody's making you buy these games again <laughs> Nobody, nobody's putting a gun to your head and saying that you have to do this two this device is not for us this is this device. We have we have Wii U's. We have 3DS's. Nintendo's got us covered. This is for all the people that don't want to spend three hundred dollars or even uh, two hundred dollars or hundred dollars on a Nintendo 2DS, and just want something that they can they see it and they go, oh hey, I remember playing Mario when I was a kid. That was fun. Here it is. Yeah. Like th- this. This is Nintendo finally realizing that like nostalgia is its greatest weapon and that it can sell games to people who don't want to buy consoles. Well, it's always known that nostalgia is its greatest weapon because Nintendo has always been very very cunning in how it brings back its, you know, marquee series and represents them to the world. You know, the, there is the the very famous strategy that Satoru Iwata and Shigeru Miyamoto have talked about with Mario, Mario Kart, and Super Smash Brothers, which is there is one of these games per piece of hardware. Mm. And, they, and they always wait about five, six years to roll it out, and it always comes with a blitz of remember all these other things. 
Now it's that, but a little different every single time. And it's, it's worked like magic for them. This is them weaponizing that nostalgia strategy in a, in a very different way. And it's, on the one hand, it's exciting because I, like, it's, it makes Nintendo seem more limber than they have mm-hmm. in the past. You know, the existence of something like the 2DS is always like, well, we don't want to get too risky with what we're putting out there, but we do want something cheaper that people can buy for their kids. Uh, but that's it, and, you know, their idea of making something that people will understand is always super goddamn confusing. Right. <laughs> like, oh, it's the Nintendo 2DS. What the hell does that name mean, guys? <laughs> what it's are you the talking new, about? The new Nintendo 3DS. Oh, new Jesus. Nintendo 3DS. What are... Nobody knows what you mean. By the mean. way, new, new Super Mario Brothers is like over ten years old. I know. It, it, it so. was t- it t- turned ten in June. New Super Mario Brothers turned ten in June. So you can't not call exactly it new. new anymore. That is old Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> you know, one thing I I do want to talk about uh, is the price of the yeah. NES Mini because it's genius. Perfect. Because mm-hmm. it's cheap enough to be an impulse buy. But okay, so the the typical. Little little economics lesson for you. The <laughs> typical price of the impulse buy that the average American feels like they can throw away the money and if they hate whatever they got, they don't care, is $20. Mm-hmm. Except for when that price implies that the thing they were buying will be junk. Like if you buy a $20 gaming console, you expect it to break. Right, like the like the Genesis clones that you right. can find at you know drugstore. Right, you think it's going to be garbage? It's going to be whatever. So by making it sixty, that is still in the impulse buy zone, but it implies quality. Mm, perfectly. So, yeah. And Susan, it is the exact same price as a brand new individual yep. game. The exact same fifty nine ninety five. Brilliant. It's brilliant. Is the it, it, it is it is more astute in its observation of the way people behave at like a store yep. than mm-hmm. Nintendo has been in a long time. Well, and it's like like I have my sister and her boyfriend love Nintendo. Like my sister carried a Game Boy Micro around for years just because I love she's those. like I like gold. Yeah, I lo- like I just I want to get a Golden Sun fix in. But like that was all she would play that and she'd play Mario. Like that's it. And so seeing something like this where it's like, well, the last console that they've bought was an Xbox 360. They don't want to buy a new Nintendo console. Yeah. They don't want to get into that ecosystem. But it's like, hey, we could drop $60 and get all the Nintendo we could ever want right here. Just Mario, Zelda, the games that we remember when we were kids. Like, th- there are there are people, no matter how amazing a console is they just don't want one they don't they don't want to spend three hundred dollars on a video game machine sixty dollars though like that's it's perfect and it's something you don't have to have hooked up to your tv all the time because it's one thing we forget as people for whom gaming is a very big part of our lives right a lot of people do not want that stuff in their entertainment center at all times they want it you know to keep nice clean air quote grown-up looking stuff this is this is why the whole man cave thing started was because you know a lot of women honestly did not want gaming stuff in the living room 
Yeah. This being plug and play, you plug it in, you play with it, you're done, great. You unplug it, you stick it back in the closet. Done. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I find... <laughs> Do you guys, like, go into people's homes where they have a TV mounted on the wall and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> How do you get behind that to plug in your Saturn? I do, actually. <laughs> what do you... Come your on! Your Saturn. <laughs> of course you go Saturn. right to this. Right, yeah. obviously the... Sa- gotta play that Panzer Dragoon Sega. I got, I, Panzer Dragoon Sega? I gotta get that Elevator Action Returns. I gotta get that Burning <laughs> Rangers. Rangers. I gotta get all that. All that action. Speaking, speaking of game names... The selection of games in the NES Mini is simultaneously brilliant and moronic. Like, I look, there are the 30 games, which is, you know, I, like, it makes sense that they went with 30 because it's the 30th anniversary yep. of the NES. Yep, and, I agree. And sure. But, like, okay, you, you have covered your canonical needs. You've got your Mega Man 2. There's no other Mega Man. You got Mega Man 2. Perfect. You got Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, 3. You got Legend of Zelda. You got Metroid. Why is Super C in there and not Contra? What is what is that? What is Pac-Man NES doing in here? What is Donkey Kong NES doing See, in the, here? The um the thing about Pac-Man is that it's it's an obvious choice. Like Pac-Man is like Someone who doesn't know sees Pac-Man and goes, ooh, Pac-Man. But then you play it, and it's the garbage version of Pac-Man <laughs> that nobody should be playing. Okay, uh, uh, it's this- I'm torn. Because on the one hand, you're entirely correct, because that game is shit. It terrible. is terrible. The, the, oh, my God. Like, it's just so bad. On the other hand, I played the shit out of that when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like it's... It's kind of a part of history. Uh, kind of? I, I don't know. I like it, I, I, if you want to make the argument about home ports of Pac-Man being historical. I buy that for like the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, okay, which, which is, is oh famously God. terrible. It's so bad. But <laughs> it's it, it, so it, bad. It, it, it's like all those Atari games that are god awful, but you have to have them there. Right. Like you've got to have ET there. You've got to have Atari Frogger. These are awful games, yeah. but they're part of the identity of the thing. I don't think I have ever seen somebody do like oh like the any. You know, no, in our you're field, right, you're right. nobody does the NES games that everybody had. Like everybody had shitty games like Karate Kid, or you know any number of movie licenses. Everybody had Friday the Thirteenth, but like Pac-Man, like you know, I knew more people who had the illegal Tengen version yes. of Pac-Man yeah. than the NES, which was Pac-Man. better, right? Oh, it's like, way better. It's actually yeah, that good. and the Tengen Tetris. Tengen was Tetris also way is better. best Tetris. Yeah, yeah, it is, is best fat. Tetris. Man. <laughs> is Tetris is Tetris in the NES Mini? I don't think it is. I don't believe it is, no. Come no, on! Cause, well, because Nintendo doesn't have the rights to it anymore. Right. Oh. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a straight up right. Yeah, like the, the, uh, the Game Boy version of Tetris isn't even on the 3DS eShop anymore. I, I do appreciate... So we, we mentioned, like, like I was just saying, Contra, no Contra, but Super C. There is like a fair amount of Konami representation on the NES Mini, which is appropriate. Konami was yeah. 
was they the, were Nintendo. They were the Nintendo developer. Like they were amazing. Like they, ha- they had to make another publisher to get around Nintendo's yeah. asshole rules about publishing more than like two or three games a year. Ultra games. Yep. And it's such a bummer. There are no ultra games on the on the NES Mini. There's no skate or die. Oh man. Come on, skate or die. Skate or die. But I love that like somebody is going to buy this machine because they're like, oh, that's awesome. I want that in my living room. I want to expose my kids to, you know, these classic games. And so people are going to have a vintage experience. They're like, oh, I played Castlevania. It's so good. And then they're going to play Castlevania 2. And a whole new generation gets to be like, this game is awful. Why would anyone make this? Who would figure out to use the whistle at the corner and wait for the typhoon? Who would figure that out? No one. Well, that, and now they have Reddit. People have Reddit and GameFAQs, no, and, and now you'll, they'll just get through it. They won't even have to buy a ridiculous stack of magazines at Walden Books. They, they won't have to oh call the God. 1-900 number. Yeah, Susan, you like that Walden oh Books drop? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're enjoying that, aren't you? Oh, my God, yeah. That was Going wild. into Walden Books for them Zelda 2 maps. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so you're trying to, your 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 parents won't let you buy the magazine, so you're trying to like commit the map to memory before you go home, so you can run through it and beat it. I gotta remember where all those items in Rygar are. <laughs> so yeah, like, what is for you guys? We actually we ran an article on the site called "The Thirty Games We Wish Were on the NES Mini," and by we, we mean Anthony. We mean, yeah. we mean, by we, we mean Susan let me yell into, just a yell into the chasm of the world for, like, I think, Susan, that thing ended up being like 5,000 words. I know. I want to be bad dudes. I like saving the president while wearing sweatpants. Uh, what, what is the game missing from the NES mini that you guys wish was there? All right. This is not a popular choice. I'm just saying this right now. I understand. This is not a popular choice. Fester's Quest. Oh no, that's a perfect choice. That's a the game perfect is not good. Choice. The game is not good. It makes no sense. It's terrible. It's not. It's not a very good game. Uh, I love it. I never did manage to beat it because the you, you had to go through these first person mazes. Oh, it's so hard. And I'm really bad at that. So, uh, but I loved that game. I played played it a lot. So that, it, that's what it, I would It's like. canonical, too. Like, that's like, that is one of those, that was made, by the way, by the exact same guys who made Blaster Master. Okay. That's why That's why it has sort of a lot of the exact same effects, mm. where you, you've got the sort of, uh, the, the gun that looks like you're shooting tiny orange boomerangs repeatedly. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And, and, and an odd obsession with, like, gross-looking frog enemies. Yes! I don't know what was going on at Sunsoft. <laughs> they, Somebody at Sunsoft was like, they were, well, uh, we need some enemies, what do you got? Frogs. I got, uh, bumpy purple frogs. I have bumpy purple frogs. You just put 90 bumpy purple frogs in Blaster Master. You're going to put that in our Adams Family game? Yes. I have all these bumpy frogs. I have a lot of them. I got them all. I, I would put them in. I can't. I how can I hold all these bumpy frogs? <laughs> well, we have okay, We have to ship in like three weeks. Just put them in. Just put, just them, put in. them in. Put all them in. the frogs. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if anybody... When, Susan, when you say there are first-person dungeons... 
the kids out there listening should know that when we say first person, it's not awesome like the first person games you play now. The first person sequences in Fester's Quest are you walk into a house, every wall is white, yeah. the ceiling is white, yeah. every door, and there are many doors, are the same color of white, <laughs> and there is nothing to distinguish any of them from each other. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's nothing. There's no chairs, there's no carpet, there's no, there's nothing. So yeah. it is literally just a maze, and it's terrible. <laughs> It's like a version of the Stanley parable that exists only to punish you. Yes. <laughs> but I loved the music in that game. Oh, music's great. Loved it. So good. It's, oh man, in the intro, I love, it's so, it's so weird. It is. I don't know why anyone made this game, but like Uncle Fester from the Adams Family, which is a very old fashioned sentence. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Uncle Fester is outside at night enjoying a drink on a lawn chair and he looks over a city and sees a ufo landing over the city and then he looks surprised you know when you put it that way <laughs> it sounds really weird it's <laughs> at the time I... it did not really occur to me how how odd that was but um i see what you're saying that's the that's the nes magic the NES, people are always like, well, the defining characteristics of the NES were all the games were really, really colorful and really, really hard. Nobody remembers that they are weird as balls. <laughs> <laughs> like that one, like I was reading through your list and like uh, that Kabuki game. Mm-hmm. The, like I was telling him the last time I heard about, the, like I've been trying to rack my brain for the name of this game ever since I saw it in an episode of Nick Arcade. But it was a game where you play a character digitized into a computer fighting enemies with your hair. <laughs> because of course you do. Because of course. Right? Like that's because it's a video game. I actually I only just played Kabuki Quantum Fighter after years of wanting to play it in the past six months. And it is awesome. It is so cool. It animates really well. And like, oh my god, talk about cruelly difficult. It is just Mean. It makes Ninja Gaiden look like a Maeve Binchy novel. It is like <laughs> brutally difficult. And that is that is that is that's an that's a good metaphor. That you like? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that's a good comparison point. Yes. It's also it, it is also a a Satoru Iwata classic. It is uh, it is a game that I purchased solely because I I was having that moment where I was like, God, I really miss Satoru Iwata. I really miss Nintendo Directs. And Awada asks, and I loved what that guy did. I have to go play this game finally. And man, it's just so cool. I wish it, it's not the kind of thing that would ever make it onto an NES mini. Oh no. <laughs> People are like, what is this? Dave, what's your pick? Um Like, part of me wants to say Captain Skyhawk just because I grew up with that game, yes. but that game is garbage. It's bad. <laughs> it's it's a terrible game. Uh but I feel like Capcom's Disney output uh, is underserved here because they licensed games are usually garbage. They've been garbage since the beginning. But Capcom somehow took those games and like made really good platforms out of them. Like there's DuckTales, there's Rescue Rangers, a um, bunch of other, like there's Aladdin on the Super Nintendo. Darkwing the Genesis Duck. one was better, but yeah, Darkwing Duck. Like I, you know, I would I would be down for Rescue Rangers. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. And DuckTales. Especially, like, Rescue Rangers 2 and DuckTales 2, which most people, like, forget even exists. I never... What? Yeah. Yeah, there's a yeah. Rescue Rangers 2. Oh, man. It is very rare. It is not easy to come by. Uh, you know what is the secret MVP of the Capcom NES games? Little Mermaid. Really, oh, yeah? Really, really... It's, like... A badass, you know, it's kind of a platformer. You're underwater. You're swimming. But it's imagine an underwater DuckTales or, or Rescue Rangers. It's really good. Interesting. And it's it's beautiful. It's one of the few games that uses almost entirely black backgrounds. So the sprites, like, really, really pop off the screen. Hmm. I, I rented that as a little kid. And my, my friend, Mike, was like, why are you getting Little Mermaid? What are you, girl? the girls, man. Are you, are you a girl? And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> Uh, DuckTales, Capcom. See these words? Disney, Capcom. Always awesome. We had a good sleepover. Everything worked out. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't come to blows at all. It was great. Didn't come to blows. It might have come to blows. We might have beat the crap out of each other, but, you know, we were ten. That's that's just how that went. That's how it goes. Uh, so, we, yesterday, were also collectively fantasizing about what's it going to look like when Nintendo puts out a Super NES Mini. <gasps> What's going to happen when it's a, a N64 Mini? And I love the idea of these clone consoles. And we've had clone Sega Genesis's for years. There are the amazing Atari flashbacks. What are your guys' ideal mini console? What do you want more than anything? Susan, I you already took my answer. But. <laughs> well, I can, if, you, if you want to go with what I was going to say, I have a backup. No, go okay. go with it because your your love for the machine is unabashed and it's significant because emulation for that system has really come into its own in the past two years. So it's super possible. Uh, Dreamcast. Oh yeah. I loved my Dreamcast so much. I loved the games for it. It was so wonderfully weird and very ahead of its time. Uh, too too ahead of its time. Uh, as it tries to do things that we now take for granted, like being able to play online with your friends. Um, and a second screen. And a second screen. Yeah. So, love. I love so... The, the games for the Dreamcast had such personality. And also, so you've got, you've got your wacky, weird stuff like Choo Choo Rocket and Jet Set Radio uh, and, and uh, Power Stone, all that. But then you've got your arcade perfect stuff like Soul Calibur. And Virtual mm-hmm. Fighter, and anything like any, whatever genre you enjoy, there was an exceptionally good game on the Dreamcast that was also just not normal in any way. <laughs> uh, Omicron was on the Dreamcast. Omicron was on the Dreamcast. Uh, Fantasy Star Online, as you know, one of my favorite games of all time, was on the Dreamcast. So that that would be, if I could get a mini of anything, it would be that. Mm. Man, and that would be so hard. Like, the, the wonderful thing about the Dreamcast, even now, is that it has all of these wonderful, like you said, just, just strange, effervescent games, but you, you can get a sense of its entire library. Like, you can hold all of the Dreamcast in your head. Yeah. And, and think to yourself, like, oh, man, you know, it's not like... You look back at the PlayStation 2, oh, and it's impossible yeah, yeah. to know everything that existed for it. Yeah. There was just too much. Yeah. But the Dreamcast, like, if you could find a way to get all... I think I think the it was something 
like 180 or 185 games were released for the Dreamcast in North America. And, oh, God, if I could just have all of them in one box. Right, right. And then... Inc- Cannon Spike. Uh, uh, Cosmic Smash. D2. Seaman. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. So... That it, would be could, 60 bucks well, well spent. Uh, you know what? I would even pay 120 bucks for that. Done. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if it's all the games, like, 120 bucks is a steal. Right? Well, because well, some of them are shit. Let's be honest. Some oh, of the well, games... You know. Not good. But do you remember Draconis Cult of the Worm? Of course I do. I Elemental was, gimmick gear? Yes. Oh god. Oh my god. Everybody it was said a Berserk they were good. game. It was like Diablo. Berserk is good though. What? Yes, that game that was is good. actually good. Yeah. Machin X was okay. Machin X was okay. Uh so much. Marvel vs. Capcom 2. Oh. Yep. Uh, delicious. Yep. Yeah, so Secret good. Goes on there. Sonic Adventure Wait a minute. No. <laughs> Back it up. Sonic Adventure 2, no. No. Okay. All those Knuckles raps. You gotta have those Knuckles raps. And, 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 and oh god, the, the Mario Party ripoff with Sonic. Uh, Sonic, Sonic Shuffle. Sonic Shuffle. Oh, no. Uh, Although you do get two Space Channel games. Yes. Yep. Yes. You know you so. know Sonic Shuffle would be at the Dreamcast Mini. Oh, it would. Of course it would. It would. They would yeah. put it in just to mess with you. Uh, Dave, what is your mini of choice? So, I'm kind of torn. I want to say PlayStation, but I know that a PlayStation Mini would probably not have the games that I want mm. because it would it would it would probably skew more toward like the the more populous choices like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, like which are fine, but like that's not why I really like the PlayStation. Uh, but I, I I think I would say a Game Boy Advance. Ooh, Ooh. strong. Yeah. Like a like a portable Game Boy Advance that just had basically uh, GamesRadar.com. We have a list of twenty five best Game Boy Advance games. If it was just that in uh, a thing, I'd buy that. Yeah, yes. yeah. In a in a hot second. Yeah, agreed. Miniish cap. You get Car Battler Joe in there. Um, you get Pokemon in there. You get you know Super Mario Brothers, Link to the Past. You get all those. Like yeah. The sheer presence of Pokemon guarantees it will never happen. Well, yes. Yeah, it's it. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah, you get your Game Boy Advance mini, and then you can get your Pokemon mini, which right. is just—it's you know? just yellow, red, and blue. That's all it is. <laughs> and people would still spring for yeah, it. Yeah, no, totally. People would descend on that madness. Okay, you know what I want in in the Game Boy Advance <clears throat> mini is it's Mr. Pants. Oh yeah. <laughs> which, if you're not familiar with it folks i highly encourage seeking it out uh it's a puzzle game from rare which is a very i've never seen a puzzle game like it uh before or since and it stars a man a little stick figure man in his underwear <laughs> that's right because in english it, pants means under, exactly pants, means, underwear. pants yeah. means so it's a guy in a bowler hat and tidy whities and it's mr pants <laughs> hello everybody that sounds like like the most rare game. It's so rare. It is so, so rare. And it's also a very good puzzle game. Um, so that's what I would want on there. Susan, am I misremembering, or was there a Viva Pinata for Game Boy Advance? There, there was. was, yes. And on the DS, too. Yep. Was it good? Maybe. It, it, for what it was. For what yes, it was. It was very, very scaled down. Wait, I don't think there is one for the Game Boy. There is definitely for the DS. No, there was one for the DS. Yeah, yeah. there's one for the yeah. DS, not the Game Boy. And it's really right. published by THQ. 
weird. It's a super, super, yeah, super no. stripped down version of the original Viva Pinata. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. It seems like it would be so good. Maybe, man, maybe that'll there's come a, back at some there's point. There's a Banjo-Kazooie on the Game Boy Advance. Oh. Gr- Grunty's Revenge. Grunty's oh, Revenge. yeah. And then yep. Saber Wolf as well to, mm-hmm. like, fill out yeah. the, rare, the rare stable. Weird. Rare, weird moment. Rare, like, that is a weird part of Rare's history, right? Like, they're owned by Microsoft, but they're still making Game Boy games, and they're published by THQ. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, it's bizarre. H- how, how does that How happen? does that work? I have no idea. So weird. So my pick for my, my mini console is related to this, uh, speaking of Rare. And it will never happen. I, it's just, it's a licensing quagmire. Uh-oh. But I would kill for an Xbox Mini. Oh, God, I know. And like an original Xbox? Like an original Xbox. And this, this would fix a few different things. It would fix the fact that Xboxes are probably the most fragile legacy console that is out there. I don't know if you guys know this, but the capacitor that keeps the internal clock going in all of the Xboxes is a notoriously shoddy part that just bursts and leaks corrosive liquid all over the original Xbox. So if you have an original Xbox and you haven't turned it on in a while, there is a very good chance it will never turn on again. Oh my god, I had no idea. Oh yeah. And uh, so the secondary market for for old Xboxes these days are all consoles that have been hard modded in that somebody went in and ripped out the capacitors. Oh, okay. And there are people who go and the the original Xbox was very very easy to hack. Yes. Because it because it was this, you know, sort of outdated version of Windows that was pumping through there. And it's very easy to software mod it and use the internal hard drive for name your game. Uh, everything for the Xbox. There are even people that have, you know, uh, N64 emulators running on an original Xbox. But, you know, that's not what I would want the Xbox Mini for. I would want it for the just legions of very, very rare international Xbox original games, Japan, Japanese and European and American, because there's so much weird stuff for that system that people just don't remember. Like what? Like Armed and Dangerous. Oh my god, that game is yep. so good. Armed yep. and Dangerous, this wonderfully, it is a game that involves hanging out with a Roman legionnaire skeleton yep. who's insane, yep. and you have a gun that fires sharks at people. Land sharks. Let's be specific. Land yeah. sharks sw- that come out of the ground. Yeah, they swim through the ground. And then they, it's so good. And then they come up. And it's, oh, God, I love the land shark gun. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, give me that. Give me both the Otogi games, which are these banana pants Japanese myth beat-em-ups made by the exact same team that made Dark Souls and Bloodborne. This and Metal Wolf Chaos. And Metal Wolf Chaos. Which is already mostly in English already. Metal Wolf Chaos, which is about the vice president of the United States committing a violent military coup, and then the president of the United States has to go into the basement of the White House where his all-American Gundam suit what? is waiting. Yep. And he has to fight to take back America. Of course he does. The president fights the vice president okay. on the moon. Okay. 
Okay. As the last boss fight. I just, I feel like pointing out that the president can just, like, fire the vice president. Oh, uh, n- n- not, not in this scenario. Uh, not when mechs are involved, Susan. Oh. Not when mechs are involved. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Panzer Dragoon Orta. Yeah. Jet Set Radio Future. No. Freaking Gun Valkyrie. Yes. Shenmue 2. Just, like, g- give me, give me all, g- Shenmue 2. Freaking, I would even play Brute Force again. Come. Wait, 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 wait. Don't do that. Remind me what that one is. Okay. That was the four-player co-op game with the lizard. That's man. what Bru- I thought. Okay. Bru- Brute Force is what we like to call Gears of War Zero. Gear- <laughs> Xbox saying, hey, maybe we should take a mulligan on this four-player co-op shooter thing. <laughs> Get maybe. that hot Sudeki action in there, oh, too. Oh, Sudeki is... <laughs> Dude, okay, I fired up steam the other day and those steam ads where it's like you know based on your purchasing habits you might want to try this and steam is like sudeki and that that (laughs) should tell you something about some it's time for some introspection there my friend yeah that's that's definitely that that's a reflection on me i fully admit if nobody knows what the hell sudeki is it was an american made action rpg that attempted to look like an anime, and if you and it's it's a bad it's it's as bad as that sounds. Yep. It's as bad. Basically. Yeah, it, it is. It is literally like hot topic employee doodling in their oh, notebook god. in 1997. It really is. It's that mm-hmm. bad, and it's like oh god, it, no no character is wearing an appropriate amount of clothing, and not in a sexy way. More in a like <laughs> oh go home, junior, you're embarrassing yourself kind of way. It's 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 in a what you think is sexy when you're 13 kind of way. Oof. Oof. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's not oh. It's not good. Uh, breakdown. Can we put Breakdown in that? Breakdown! Yes. Breakdown, yes! Yeah. Breakdown! Final Fight oh, Streetwise! Man. Nobody remembers that the Xbox is filled with weird exclusives that nobody is ever going to get to play again. Arx Fatalis. Arx Fatalis. Yeah! From Arcane Studios. Makers of oh. Dishonored and Prey. Ah, the original Xbox... And, you know, I don't know if you guys played them at the time. The original Xbox really was one of the last consoles that saw ports of super advanced PC games that weren't comparable to the PC versions. You know, by the time we got to the 360 and the PS3, everything was being built at the same time. So, you know, if you were playing Half-Life 2 on Xbox 360 and your PC, it was pretty much the same game. If you play Half-Life 2 on the original Xbox... Oh, yeah. It's the this, load times, man. Oh, it's this crazy attempt to downport and adapt this game to something that has no business running it. And it's really... Doom 3? Doom 3! I finished that port of Doom 3. Start to finish. It took a long time. <laughs> long time. There are more load, <laughs> more loading screens in that than there are in Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic too. Oh and god, if that you game's know so good. what I'm getting at. Ah. see, Knights of the Old Republic, proper Knights of the proper Old Republic, not, which it's its birthday. Oh, it is. It is. Oh man, happy thirteenth thirteenth birthday, Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. May you not, <laughs> may you not think things are sexy like in Sudeki. <laughs> <laughs> now that you are thirteen. Uh, we have a question that we asked our readers, and we're going to get to that, but before we do, Dave, 
you are playing a game right now that when this podcast is up, that is finally when we're allowed to to talk about it. And yes. I, I'm, I'm hoping to get some of your impressions of this game for people who are looking for something new and a little old school this week. So it's it's called I Am Setsuna. It is uh, Square's attempt to like kind of go back to the old school style of JRPGs, like, they, they created a team called Tokyo RPG Factory that is specifically created to make these sorts of old-school types of JRPGs, and it very much feels like that. Like, it, it the battle system is basically Chrono Cross. You have three different characters. You have the time bar that goes up. Once it fills up, you can attack. You can use text. Or if two people and their time bars fill up at the same time, you can use uh, combo attacks, uh, there's a little bit more to it as far as, like, you can customize your characters a little bit more, um, choose what text they bring with them into battle, you can um, activate special attacks, kind of like Super Mario RPG, where you have, like, a special, you hit the square button at the right time, you can do a little more damage, you can customize what kind of effects that that has, and it's this story that you basically, you play as this mysterious soldier who has been, um... The, this uh, this guy basically tells you you need to go to this village and you need to kill this girl. She's the she's the sacrifice that is going to be going on this long journey, and you need to kill her. It's like well, and then like eventually on the way, you, you, your character kind of like realizes like well, if she's gonna die anyway, like why do I need to kill her? Mm. And like there's a little bit of mystery as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, the idea is that this this woman who's gonna be sacrificed, um, they do this every ten years. But um, the sacrifice is to sort of quell the the resurgence of monsters in this world, and uh, the monsters have been appearing more frequently. So they're doing the sacrifice a little bit sooner than normal. So you go on this on this journey, and you know you meet a colorful cast of characters. Um, you go through lots of uh, turn based battles, and you know it's it's fine. <laughs> I, it's, and that's the thing, like that, like it, it feels, it feels a little bit, like it feels very low budget, like you know the it's a very probably a very small team that worked on it, uh, not a whole lot of time to work on it. It it looks like a Dreamcast game that has had its uh, textures and resolution and improved. So it looks clean and crisp, but it still has these like like Dreamcast looking characters and animations. Mm-hmm. Um, it just like it, it's fine, you know. It's it's a little predictable. It's the the combat is not gonna wow you. It it is what it is. Uh, there's not a whole lot of strategy to the combat that I'm finding. Um, you. Like, you can customize, your, you can choose your party loadout, you can choose what abilities that you take, but ultimately it's just, like, hit the enemy a bunch and heal yourself before you die. Like, I haven't had to do anything like, like, uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, like, exploit specific weaknesses in order to get through a boss. Because, like, in Tokyo Mirage Sessions, if you don't do that, you die. Yeah. You will die. Yeah. Whereas this, it's just like, no, just hit him a bunch, you'll be fine, <laughs> don't worry about it. Just, um, just, just hit him. And it just, it feels really one note. Like, it is going for a very specific emotion, and that is sadness. Like, the main character's name is is Setsuna, which roughly translated in Japanese does mean like, like something akin to sadness. Mm. 
and like the 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 music is very like it's it's very somber it's it's basically just a guy on a piano playing mm. piano music and you know like very varying degrees of like slow um slow music or like if if there's something going on it's very like fast paced like he's punching the the keyboard like he's angry at it um and but because of that it just it 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 just there's no real like up and down it's just it feels like one level of you're going to the same looking snowy locations even though you're you're going on this epic journey everything is covered in snow you're just going through forests and and snow snowy forests snowy caves snowy towns um music all just you know it's just a guy on a piano the combat is just feels very samey characters are they're they're fine the writing is good but like nothing really spectacular about it it'll fill in it'll scratch an itch and it's definitely better than star ocean like it, it does it does a lot more with its sort of low budget than like star ocean does um it sounds like but, a bummer man it's it yeah sounds like it's like like it's it's just it's fine but i feel like it's it doesn't get what makes classic rpgs worth revisiting hmm you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the the, du- the dungeon design is re- like it reminds me a lot of Bravely Default, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the dungeon design in Bravely Default was boring as shit. Yes, it really, it's it just, really was. It, it was very, um, it was very much like Final Fantasy One dungeons. Yeah, like here's a pathway. You follow the pathway. You fight some monsters along the way. And oh, there's a little pathway over here that will give you a treasure chest if you walk down it. Mm. And there are locked treasure chests that I that you can't open until later in the game, which make, gives you a reason to go back. But that's it. Like it's just it's really it's really basic. Yeah. And really just like it's. I was kind of hoping for more. It's so know? it's so strange because Square itself has been you know very quick to point to Chrono Trigger in talking about I am Setsuna. And they're like, yo, we want to get back to that style of RPG like Chrono Trigger. The battle system is very much like Chrono Trigger's. And to hear you say that, Chrono Trigger... You know, I'm not going to say Chrono Trigger isn't an incredibly complex game, because when it was made, it was, you know, the biggest of big-budget projects for, Mm -hmm. for Square. It was a... You know, before Square was Square Enix, they were Squaresoft and Enix, and this was a collaboration between the two. It was the Dragon Quest guy, it was the Final Fantasy guy, it was the dude who made the art for Dragon Ball all coming together to make this thing. But, uh, you know, even though it was this big advanced project, many of the places, the dungeons that you would go to, weren't big. They were actually very, very small. Well, like, Chrono Trigger is... Like it's a relatively short game. It's a fifteen-hour game. Yeah, it's a fifteen-hour. I mean, like game. there are multiple endings and stuff, but yeah, it's 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 a like one playthrough of that game is relatively short. Yeah, and and every every screen that you see in that game is small. There's not a ton to do there, but it's just really dense with detail. Mm-hmm. You know, the very one of the very the first dungeon you go to in Chrono Trigger is you you're in the past and you go into a church where uh, you know the local the the queen of the kingdom of Guardia has been kidnapped by monsters who are pretending to be nuns in a church mm-hmm. like you do. and you 
Oh, this, of course, of course. There's always, there are always snake dudes who are actually pretending to be nuns. And you go in, and the way you get into that dungeon is you have to you have to go into the church and play the organ. And it's just one room, but there's there's light pouring in from from the stained glass and the organs in the corner. And the each of the evil nuns has like a very specific line of dialogue, like "We're gonna eat you." And it sounds like I am Setsuna doesn't have that kind of detail. Yeah, like it. Like, you know, there are towns that you explore, You there are no inns, like, you can't rest to heal your HP, at least that I've found they could be there, but I've I've explored every room in every village and nothing, like, you, you use items and stuff, and when you level up, you get your health and MP back, but, um, yeah, like, you, you know, you can go in houses, you can talk to people, but, I mean, no one really has anything all that interesting to say, um, the... And, that, like, the thing about Chrono Trigger is that it's short, and it is dense, uh, and, and it's kind of small, but you go to a lot of very interesting places. Oh, like, yeah. you go to the future, and it's the same map, but it looks different, and it's, lo- like, this ruined future. And then you go to the past, and there are dinosaurs there, or you go to the the, the future past, and it's, you know, like a... Like a feudal England kind of thing, and then you know you go to the the beginning of time or whatever, and that's like a island in the clouds, and like whereas this is just like okay, so all right, I got on a boat, and I'm going to my next place, and it's just another place covered in snow. Oh man, yeah, that and good. yeah, and now I'm in an ice cave, and now I'm going across a place that will lead me to another place that is covered in snow. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it's, like, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, that's, that's what so it, that's much what worse it than saying something's bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, you know, it is, it is, it is competent at what it does. It is better than Star Ocean at what it does, uh, which, you know, like, at least you have full control over your party and you don't have a bunch of dumb AI characters to babysit. Who get you keep getting killed by a boss over and over again, uh, but yeah, it just it feel like like I brought up the name Tokyo RPG Factory earlier because that's like it really it feels like it was made in a factory mm-hmm. like it was made like okay so these are the characters that we have to have these are the story beats that we need to have this is the stuff that we need to do to make an RPG ba 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 push it out and I was hoping that like the 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 premise of the story, the idea that it was going to be this kind of, like, somber tale, um, would have elevated it a bit. And it just, it it feels, it's really rote. Do you see potential for this team to turn it around with, like, you know, this is their first time out? Mm -hmm. And do you think, like, maybe this is just them finding their feet, and then they might turn in something really great next time? Or... or it's possible. I just I don't know. Like like given the way that this game, like kind of looks and plays and acts, um, if they just do like the same mechanics again with a different story, like the story could potentially elevate it. Mm. Um, but it just it, like like I said, it just it feels like for a game from a company like SquareSoft who is charging I think this is forty dollars, 
which is not a full sixty dollar game, full price sixty dollar game. It's still, it's still expensive. It's more, that's expensive. It's still expensive. Uh, it does not feel like a game made in twenty sixteen that is worth that kind of money. I mean, let me say this: is the three of us just just recently we're talking about a little game called Shadow Hearts. Oh yeah, and the very yeah. first Shadow Hearts was you know not great. It, it like. It had an interesting battle system idea, but the rest of it was just like anime trope hero meets anime trope heroine, and they go to a they go to the town from Fatal Frame and have to fight <laughs> some monsters and some turn-based battles. But the soundtrack kind of kicks ass, and okay, that was fine. But then Shadow Hearts Covenant came out, and it was like it like this team found its groove. This was. You're in World War One, but it turns out that Rasputin in Russia is actually Satan, and there's a huge <laughs> demon castle beneath Moscow, and you're gonna hang out with a Swedish bodybuilder who turns into a bat, because why not? Like, I, I you know, maybe maybe they're just finding their feet. <laughs> yeah, like I, I feel like if if the team kind of looks inward and looks at like games like Chrono Trigger and like doesn't just copy the mechanics, but like looks at like what is this game's soul? Yeah. Like what makes this game interesting to play? Like even now. Yeah. Um, because like on the surface, I Am Setsuna looks very much like Chrono Trigger. Like it has very similar mechanics. Uh, the way that the battles play out are like it, it's very similar in that way, and it's and it has that like same kind of feel. But like you can't, you know, your dungeons can't just be a couple of lines. Yeah, you know, yeah. you you have to you you have to look at these games and go like, okay, so like why is a team like Zaboid who makes like five dollar Dragon Quest looking RPGs like Cthulhu Saves the World? Why are these games better? than what Square has been doing for the last, you know, X amount of years. Like, what are they doing that that sets in a dozen? Man, Cosmic Star Heroin looks hot to death. Yeah. <laughs> that's And like and yeah. that's going for a similar feel. Like that's yeah. going for the like the Chrono Trigger style battles. And I'm I I wonder because that game comes out soon. Very soon. I wonder if that's going to hit that feeling better than Setsuna is. It'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, so this morning, Susan asked the entire Games Radar staff a fascinating question that I, I love so, so much. Uh, and Chrono Trigger is actually on my shortlist for what I would take into this scenario, but it's not the actual one that would make the cut. It was, you're going into a bunker. It's the end of the world. It's 10 Cloverfield Lane, and John Goodman's like, come in down into this bunker with me. And I'm like, John Goodman, you're a little pushy. I'm going to go in the other more bunker. Like, more like John Badman. Oh. <laughs> Am I right? No. no. All right. I mean, you could have at least gone with a Barton Fink reference, man. Top- the life of the mind. Topical. <laughs> that movie just came out. It's super yeah. on everybody's super mind. It's on everybody's radar. It's on everybody's okay, so radar. To, to fill in, so uh, the way this actually came up is, so I, if you've been paying attention to current events, the world kind of kind of shit right at the moment. It's kind of a tire it's fire, kind of, it, like a, like a it, 
a living tire fire. It is a living tire fire. So uh, Dave Houghton and I have been planning the Games Radar Bunker, where we're all just going to go hide out for like five years, and we'll come back out when everybody is is not being such assholes. Uh, so the, the everybody gets to bring one game into the bunker. And MMOs don't count. That's cheating. What, what about compilations? Also cheating. 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 Duh. cheating. Fine. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so I also asked Twitter, who came up with a whole lot of really, really great answers for this that were in the spirit of the question, as opposed to trying to get around it by, you know, saying if they could bring a compilation <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> Shout out to me, Shout I guess. Shout out to you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, StarCraft okay. came up. Skyrim, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Civilization Four, Minecraft. Uh, th- those both got mentioned many times. Many times. Uh, uh, what, are, what are some of the unique offhand ones that you saw... That, like, I, I, so a, a regular commenter to Games Radar on, on Twitter, Tom Coveney, mm-hmm. said FTL. Interesting. And, and his logic for wanting FTL sort of captured my imagination because it's not how I would approach this. And he said, I'm bad enough at it that it would take me five years to beat it. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, like, I was like, oh shit, is there something that I am terrible at that I love that I would Enter be like, well, I got five years to get good. And Enter the Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon. Enter the Gungeon. That, that's a good one. That is a good one. That is a very good one. Uh, I would, like, if it was about being terrible and wanting to actually succeed at something, I would go with, like, Ikaruga. Oh, wow. I think I would, yeah, I think I would go with a bullet hell. Because I love shooters and I'm awful at them. Mm. And, and Just no, no. Good. By shooters, he is meaning the uh, old person definition of shooters, which is what yes. shmups. He's talking shmups. Shmups. I'm talking about them shmups. Yes. Yeah. Uh, another another one that I really liked from uh, Punk Rock Bob, uh, perennial games radar commenter Punk Rock Bob, said Minecraft would be a logical choice, and like Minecraft, you know. Like you were saying, Susan, a lot of people said Minecraft mm-hmm. because you can make whatever game you yeah, want. Exactly, that is yeah, exactly. One that like you can get around it. But he said for oral satisfaction, I'd have to bring Final Fantasy VII mm. gameplay plus tunes. Mm. And I like that idea of doubling up things. You'd be like, oh well, I need one of like I gotta be one of my favorite games and one of my favorite albums, so I can get through. This these bunker days, these bunker times. Uh, Ed Abel uh, on Twitter just responded with a picture of the NES Mini and nothing else. <laughs> Which I mean, you yeah, know, like you're, it's you're cheating. It's cheating, totally cheating. I, I props. <laughs> like that's a that's a compelling topical argument. A number of people said XCOM Two. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I uh, Kevin Kwong here and Gravitational Waves on Twitter both said XCOM 2, and they both said all the mods and DLC, which I'll allow oh, it. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, I will allow yeah. DLC and mods, totally. D- DLC and mods count. That's that's fair yep. game. I have yet to play XCOM 2. I'm kind of intimidated by it. Like, 
I loved Enemy Unknown, but Enemy Unknown is widely considered by XCOM people to be baby XCOM. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh. And I like Baby XCOM. Yeah, Baby XCOM is nice. It doesn't kill... Like, it, it kills you, but not all the time. <laughs> not all the time. But not all the time. And apparently... And XCOM 2, like, doubles down on that. Like, it, it is... Like, like oh, so the last one was too easy for you, huh? Calling it Baby XCOM, huh? <laughs> Try this! And then, like, it pulls a lever... And then, you know, lasers come down and kill you. Yeah, and then man, you're like, why I, do we even have know. that lever? Why, why is that lever there? <laughs> you didn't know there were going to be snake ladies in here to build your laser level lever XCOM 2. Thank you so smart. Uh, yeah, XCOM 2. A, a buddy of mine explained XCOM 2 by saying, no matter what, your characters will die. Oh, God. And I was like, uh, Bullet Bob-omb said Grand Theft Auto 5, lots of stuff to do and explore in that game, and all beyond the central story, plus mods. A lot of people going for, like, widely moddable games. Which is smart. Which is smart. Which is yeah. smart. Uh, Uncle Kev, I think, Susan, he was just, like, shouting out to you, because Uncle Kev says the obvious choice is Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> And then included an animated gif of Parappa jumping up and down saying, I, I gotta, gotta believe. believe. I, I don't know if that's a good idea for five years. <laughs> like <laughs> Five years of Chop Chop Master. Yeah. Yeah. If you come out of that bunker just being like, it's all in the rhythm, it's all in the Check rhythm. and turn, to the, left. to the right. Turn, I take the turn. One of my favorite responses that I got was uh, from Cassidy Moser, uh, Mario Kart 8. It's uh, endlessly replayable and always a happy pick-me-up. Mm. Yeah, that's a so, good one. Yeah, you know, th those dark days, you need something to cheer you up a little good bit. One. I don't know, after a, th after a thousand days underground, that last time a blue shell hits you, it might be... Yeah, it might just push you <laughs> over the much. edge. You don't want You those... go full 10 Cloverfield on that one, <laughs> it's, then. It's, like, different than Winter Madness or Cabin Fever. It's like, he's got them blue shell blues. It's happening. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure we want to uh, encourage people to bring games into the bunker that are that are going to inspire punching. Yeah, if if you're in the bunker with a lot of people, <laughs> you hey guys, I brought Mario Party. No, where's, where's everyone going? Don't do it. This bunker is very small. I will find you. So, Susan, what is your bunker game? Uh, okay, so if we're going, I, I had not considered the route of bring a game I'm bad at, so that I have time to develop it uh i would go with either bloodborne oh or uh civ S civ yeah. 4 because i don't i find civ games to be overwhelming there's yeah. just so mm -hmm. much going on at any one time i i get paralyzed and freak out and i just i can't really figure out what to do they're, they're just too much for me so I, I i think that would be a good choice um, if we're if we're going in that direction, and Bloodborne is just I don't have the patience for that kind of game. I re I really dig it. Like I love the aesthetic and I and I love it conceptually. But I'm just not the person who's like, yay! I'm gonna go fail for two hours. <laughs> well, if you have five yeah, years, yeah. You know, but if I have five <laughs> years, then maybe you know maybe not a problem. Um, for a game that I just uh, very much enjoy, uh, I would go with Morrowind. With the mod that makes it look like Oblivion. 
because my big problem with Morrowind, it's just it's the, it's it's the brownest game in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love I I prefer its main story to Oblivion's, and it was a little uh, like you had to practice enchantment, like enchantment could fail, so you had yeah. to practice it to get good at it, and I. I loved that. Like you had to practice your alchemy to get better at it and get and improve the chances that you would actually succeed. And and I really liked that. And then you know there were silt striders, which I had I have a thing for. And then I just I really love that world. And the music is just mind-bogglingly good. So I would go with that or Fantasy Star Online. Nice. Will you be able to play it on? You can. Yeah. Well, we're. Depending on how we want to structure this. Because we struck MMOs. We yes, struck MMOs for the record. you can play Fantasy Star Online offline. Oh, and you can LAN cable it, can't you? Uh, yes. You can link Dreamcast. Yes. But even if you just play completely offline, the only difference between playing online and offline is, well, obviously other players, but also you got uh, better loot and better XP if you played online. Oh, okay. Yep, because it was a little harder. Uh, so, yeah, it is 100% playable offline. Man, I wonder, I really don't have a sense anymore of how big Morrowind feels. Mm. Because 10 years ago, Morrowind, not even 10 years ago, like 13 years ago at this point, Morrowind felt so big. It did. And so overwhelmingly big. But, like, you know, I've, I've finished The Witcher 3. Oh, Jesus, so that's what, what I should bring. God. Yeah, there you go. I mean, we got <laughs> a lot of Witcher 3s. We got a lot of Witcher 3 responses, Get too. Get that DLC in there. Yeah, Jesus. You'll be yeah, I'll be good. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, man. Susan, I know I know that, like, that's a mountain to climb, but finish I know, I know, I know, I know. Look, here's the problem. Gwent. <laughs> Gwent. 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 That's all I want to do is play Gwent. <laughs> They're like, hey, hey, Geralt, like, we got... You, you want to go find your daughter? Whatever, I'm playing Gwent. Shut up. <laughs> there's a tournament here, and there's a prize, and I get more cards if I, I win. Oh, God, that's right where I am in the story right now. I'm like, shit, I am not leveled enough for this, but whatever. I think that's why I was able to finish The Witcher, because I never played Gwent. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. I think that's how I actually managed to finish the game in both DLCs is I was like, I'm just not going to ever play Gwen, ever, unless it absolutely forces me, which it only does twice, I think, uh, in the yeah, entire I think main you, story. you have to play it the first time. You have to play it the first time, and then you have to play it a second time. You know what? It might not. It might have just been part of one of the side quests I insisted that I finish, because I did a lot of the oh, side Oh, I know. Quests. I was doing side quests that mm-hmm. only earned me, like, a point, because they were just right. interesting. Because the story is awesome. Yeah, it really is. Because the story is a better reward than treasure and... How many games can you say that about? Oh my god, that's so true. Well, this is why we were mm-hmm. talking about uh, The Witcher versus Fallout today. Yeah. Because that... Mm, less true in yeah. Fallout, I feel. Wait, Fallout 4 has a story? Well, yes. I'm joking. No, it but I the side did. quests, I don't think, are nearly as interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, like, people are always saying that, like, the, the best story stuff in Fallout is the implied story. Like, you go to a place and you, you know, see skeletons in a certain position right. in an old museum. And I, I don't know, man. I, like, that's the best part of The Witcher, too. Every place you go, even when you're like, I'm just going into a monster den. 
and I'm just fighting a monster again, there's gonna be something different in there for you to see that implies who this monster was, who it affected, what is going on in this region. Dave and I were actually talking about uh, Red Dead Redemption and how it compares to The Witcher 3 in terms of the structure of its open world. And Dave, you said to me, you were like, well, look at this little pocket of the map. And you, like, you know, it's got all these same emissions. And I looked at it and I was like, but they all make sense. Because there are two bandit camps that are just a little bit outside of that city in the north. Which is exactly where bandits would actually be. Waiting on the road for people to go through, into, or out of town. And then, to the south, there are monster caves. And it's not near a town. Because people wouldn't right. live near monsters. Right, right, right. <laughs> just this brilliantly constructed world and it takes forever to see all of it man maybe i might change my answer i know now I i'm thinking like, I'm like shit, the maybe i should just play yeah. the witcher although the soundtrack just, isn't as good as morrowind it's not not even close yeah. i i really like the music in the witcher 3 but like it's not even it ain't jeremy soul i'm sorry it nah not even close <laughs> not even close my my pick is you know witcher 3 aside I'm really boring. It's just 1989 Game Boy Tetris. Black and white. That's a good choice. Solid choice. That game, I think I have played that more than any other game I have ever played. Ever. Wow. Yeah. Because from 1989 until now, I I still will, like, go through phases in the year where it's like, time to play Tetris. (laughs) (laughs) Just are, are you? Just, do you have a curse? Did a gypsy put a curse on you? I, I have, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, <laughs> my wife will come in and be like, where did you go for three days? Be like, try You wake up at three in the morning. Tetris. Gotta play Tetris. Actually, whenever I go into a Tetris spiral, that's how I know it's time to stop playing. Because I get Tetris eyes, where I'm trying to go to sleep and all I can see is Tetris. That's Tetris eyes is a real it thing, really, man. No, it's so true. It is so true. You will close your eyes and you will still see the freaking blocks falling, and it's like, yeah, yeah I need to, to not play. I this gotta for stop. A while. Tetris eyes and Tony Hawk brain. <laughs> yes, it's Tony Hawk. Brain. You are not wrong. Tony Hawk brain. When you look at a building and you're like, yeah, I could, I could, I could grind off of that onto that thing. You're like, no, no, I couldn't. Why am I thinking yep. about this? Danger. Get a six score, man. Danger. Dave, what's yours, man? Okay, so yeah, my cheat answer was the Metal Gear Legacy. No, that's not. No, out. Get out. Um. So then, once I was like, okay, well, I can't do that. The one and only choice for me is Picross 3D. Because that is a game like like for you with Tetris. Picross 3D is for me because I don't like I don't like that feeling in puzzle games where it's like. The, the blocks keep coming and then they keep coming and then they come faster and then they come faster and like I just I don't react well to that but something like Picross where it's like you know it's a logic puzzle and you're timed but it you know the the game isn't constantly throwing more blocks at you so you can just kind of look back and see like okay well and like chipping away at this this little 3d sculpture is one of the most immensely satisfying things, especially when it's like there's an entire row of zero and you're just like, blah, you just chisel all the way through them. <laughs> uh, and then, like, yeah, that, that's a game that I played through from beginning to end. Like, there are four save slots. I filled all four save slots 
and I am contemplating going, like, deleting one of my save slots and going back through it again. <laughs> the only thing that is keeping me from doing that is the hope that Picross 3D2 comes out soon. Because that will be my new obsession. But yeah, no, Picross 3 it's it's just, it's really simple, it's elegant, and it's just, it's, it's so good. Can you it is, make your own Picrosses in Picross 3D? No. No? I th- I wonder if you can in 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 two. Yeah, I, but I don't I, think you can in three. Some, in, in 3D. For some reason, I think that there is that one of the Picrosses that actually made it out of Japan. The original Picross, maybe. Yeah, that, like the the two D one that has an editor. Might. Yeah. Picross. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Picross is so good. I, there's always and there's this dumb little like three D cube that like makes faces at you and like jumps around when you do really well or like makes like x eyes on his face when when you screw up it's i love it i love the i love that damn game and i want more of it i love that answer i love that answer so much yeah it's super man i I, it's weird like i love that everybody has such different taste because you i i always get to a moment with when i play picross where i'm like i can't do this anymore i'm gonna break my 3ds because I can't figure out how to make it work. I can't get my head around this spatial puzzle thing. I get I get that feeling that you do when you play like faster faster blocks thing. Yeah, like my my wife is like she destroys me at Dr. Mario, right? <laughs> like she is just she like I I keep telling her that she needs to like we need to stream her playing this and like get her into games done quick or something because she is she's a monster at this game. <laughs> And I just, I try to play, like, level one, the slowest thing, and I'm like, I hate this so much. I can't, I can't do it. I don't like it. I don't want to play it. You beat me all the time. No. No more. (laughs) Well, everybody, that brings us to the end of this week. Uh... I, I encourage you all to go out and play your bunker games if you're needing a pick-me-up these days. And if you're not, just try not to bump into anybody while playing Pokemon Go. Don't stop Stay. in the middle of the intersection like me. Don't do that. Don't. don't and do don't it. play it and drive. Don't, don't, don't. Don't play it and drive. Don't. So have, you guys, have you guys seen The Happening? <laughs> like M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening where like all the people just like tr- just start killing themselves. This is this is Pokemon Go, right? M Night Shyamalan's Pokemon Go. Oh man, are you telling that, like, that's are you, are you telling right? me Mark Wahlberg is the only person that survives Pokemon Go? Because that's grim, yes. man. That's that's the yes. darkest timeline. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, anybody, if you are listening to this on Monday evening or Tuesday morning, Games Radar has a mess of stuff up from Star Wars Celebration this past weekend, and we encourage you to go check it out. And I bring it up only because Rogue One looks freaking awesome. I've been very, great. I've been really skeptical about Rogue really? One. Really? In a very, I have, I have, I, I'm, I'm very skeptical of too much of a good thing. Oh, I see. I, I'm, I'm always uh, of the opinion that like just because something's good doesn't mean we need it all the time. I know that sounds weird as uh, somebody who's a Mega Man fan. But, like, <laughs> there is, you know, <laughs> scarcity can breed quality sometimes. But there's, there's... Is that true for Star Wars, though? I, yeah, yeah. I, because there are three of... Like, there are, like, seven movies, and three of them are bad. I don't know what Two you're and a half of them about. are bad. 
<laughs> to it. Oh, yeah, but the half that you're talking about is like little bits and pieces from Phantom that Menace. Is a few little pieces from Revenge of the that, Sith. That, a few pieces from the Clone and Wars the, cartoon. The the uh, Jedi Rock song from the special edition of Return of the Jedi. I no, showed that. No, I, show, no, I showed no. Jedi Rocks to my wife oh recently. Oh my god. Who only saw the Star Wars trilogy for the first time four years ago. She had never seen any of them. What? Yeah, I know. Uh, right before we got married, she finally she finally watched them because you know that we needed to take. It care was going to come up. It, it was, was going to come yeah. up. <laughs> uh, this actually this actually happened at a party. We were at a party one night, and one of my friends made a joke about Boba Fett, and Kate didn't laugh. Oh no! And then my friend looked at her and was like you know who Boba Fett is, right? And, like, Kate looks at me Uh-oh. and has this, like, it, like this moment of being like, oh, my God, he's going to find out. This is it. <laughs> this is the moment. My life is a lie! And she, and she, like, she goes out on a limb and she's, like, the slug guy. Oh, God! And I was like, oh, my God, what's happening? You grab her by the hand and you yank her out of that party. Like, what was that? What was that? But, what was that? <laughs> like, a few months later... We sat down and finally, over the course of a week, watched all three, like, the original theatrical cuts. Don't worry, Susan, the version of Star Wars she saw was called Star Thank Wars. Thank uh, And we watched it, and there was a moment when we were watching Return of the Jedi at the end of the week, and it's that moment when, like, Han Solo's looking at the Millennium Falcon, and... He says, you know, I just got that feeling I'm never going to see her again. And Kate turns to me and she goes, what's so cool about the Millennium Falcon is that it looks like something you could fix with your hand. Oh, there you go. And I was like, she gets it. She gets it. (laughs) This still works. It's not, this isn't, okay. (laughs) It's not just nostalgia. This is still good. People actually like these movies. This is still good. But she saw Jedi Rocks. I I put it up on, on YouTube and I was like, hey, check this out. And she she thought it wasn't real. <laughs> like she she was like, well, like like who made this like parody of the oh, prequels? Because oh, oh no. it's really funny. Oh. And I was like, <laughs> this 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 fan video is hilarious. <laughs> this fan video. And I was like, no, no, that's no, it's that's real. That's the thing that that happened. That's that's the, the only version that you can get. Every now and then, I wish. That, like, when we play something that we really don't like and give it a bad review, can we have, instead of a score at the bottom, just that shot of the little fuzzy guy in Jedi Rocks going, we'll just have him, and that'll be the score we do. This is a three out of five Jedi Rocks. (laughs) Three three Jedi Rocks out of five. This game, Star Ocean 5 is a full Jedi Rocks. Goodness. Sick burn. That's accurate. All right, everybody. We will be back with Radio Radar episode 41 next week. Stay cool in all of the ways that you can do so in the end of the summer. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye, everyone.